Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And as an, athlete, as an athlete, or well, I still play sometimes, let me tell you how important routines are, right? You know, as routines are everything for an athlete. Uh, my, when I play college basketball, my routine is I wake up at 4.15 in the morning, have to be in the gym by 5, start practice at 5, uh, practice ends at 7.30, go to calf, eat breakfast, go back to my room, go to sleep. When I wake back up, if I don't have class, I'll go back to the gym to do some workouts. If I do have class, go to class, then go back to the gym. Uh, around 12 o'clock, I've skipped lunch, go to the gym. Um, then I'll have another class probably at like 1 or 2. Then go back to the gym for another practice at 4. And then do study hall, do home. You know, what I'm saying is athletes have routine. And routines are important for an athlete. Routines are everything for an athlete. Why am I saying this? This week in the NFL, we saw uh, and we saw injuries skyrocket. You have Saquon Barkley, who's unfortunately out for the season with a torn ACL. You have Nick Bosa, who's out for the season with a torn ACL. Christian McCaffrey will be out for a month. It wasn't this week, but Michael Thomas is injured. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is injured. Bruce Irving is out. Like you saw an enormous amount of injuries. And people are asking why. Some people are some people are asking, you know, see, this is why we shouldn't have played because athletes weren't ready. This, that, and the third. No, I don't. I people are asking, should the athletes even be playing right now? Yes. The fear was coronavirus. The fear was we don't want these athletes to put themselves in harm's way to get the virus. Seeing as though how deadly the virus has been, I believe yesterday the death toll and at least the usa has climbed to over two hundred thousand. like we did that the last thing that we wanted was for athletes to contract the virus and the nfl for, and, and don't get me wrong i was one of the people that was skeptical like yo i don't think we should be playing seeing as though we don't have a handle on it the nfl has done a great job in that the nfl has done a great job in it's not just NFL, but the NFL, the players, the coaches, they've done a great job with keeping their staff, keeping their players safe away from the coronavirus. Hell, I think Pete Carroll, uh, Vic Vangio, and like a couple people yesterday got fined for not even for not wearing a mask. And I think the teams got fined as well. So the NFL is being very cautious when it comes to their athletes, their coaches not taking or not catching the virus but here's where i here's why i started with routines i believe the reason why you're seeing a spike in injuries and and you're seeing a lot of spike you're seeing spikes in a lot of achilles or lower body injuries like i said a uh, homeboy malik i forgot his name i apologize from the colts he's out for the season you know uh, Solomon Lewis, I believe he's out. Well, I'm not gonna say for the season, but he's injured. Like you saw, you saw last night, uh, a lot of players getting hurt. Here's why I said routine. When you're when you're an NFL player, what are you expecting, right? What are you expecting when you when the seasons or f to start the season? You're expecting a preseason. Now, do I think the preseason needs to be four 
games long? No, I don't. But I think that it is important for an athlete or for the NFL to have a preseason because of routine. You know, players understand, okay, at least I have four games to get ready, to get my body prepped, to understand the speed of the game, this, that, and third. When you take that away, especially from veterans, when you take that away, it kind of throws off the routine, throws off the whack, throws off the body. The toughest thing that you can do, and, I, and I'll say this, I'll say this. Now, again, I know that I played college basketball, but I'll say this from basketball experience. The hardest thing you can do is generate in-game speed when you're not in-game, if that makes sense. I can't generate it of course i can go fast i can i can think about okay this is in-game speed but everyone that's every athlete knows that practice speed isn't game speed now yeah you can practice like you can practice like this is a game but the games are always going to be different the speed of the game is going to be different the for the for the nfl the speed of the game is different the physicality is different and you usually get for preseason games to prepare your body for that not to mention hell these a lot of these athletes i've been sitting at home because they couldn't work out as much or as their routine was thrown off again they couldn't work out as much as they're used to seeing as though there was a whole virus and we were all shut down and you come back from that then you start training camps training camps were modified training camps were different no preseason. With no preseason, you go from training camp right to game one. Now, again, I don't wish injury upon anyone. No, I don't. I don't. That's. I don't. I want everyone to be able to be healthy. I want everyone to stay the remainder of the season. I want everyone to. I want everyone to to flourish. So it's definitely unfortunate seeing players, especially great players. And don't get me wrong. I don't want. Again, I don't want to see anyone hurt, but. Seeing great players like Saquon Barkley, like 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 Nick Bosa, you know, like it's it's unfortunate. Hell, I, I thank God Christian McCaffrey's not out for the whole season, but Christian McCaffrey's hurt for at least a month. Um, it's just it's just tough, man. And I think that when you you're the reason why I believe we're seeing this is because these athletes' routines off. And the thing is, routines aren't just for mental, right? Routines aren't just for okay just yes routines are important for your mental but routines are also important for your body your body is expecting you know you've done this for multiple years or you've done this for a year or so your body's expecting okay this is this is what time of the year we're going to start really revving up this is the time of year that we're going to start working out this is the time of year that we're going to start to get physical this is the time of year that you know, it is going to start revving up like your body even knows that your body is used to the routine. So now that your body is kind of thrown off, seeing as though, like I said, training camps were different. The training offseason had to be different uh, and, and there was no preseason. Now, it, was, it, it even throws your whole body out of whack, whack. And that's why I believe you're seeing a spike in injuries. And unfortunately, I don't think that we're done seeing this because, like I said, when you throw off an athlete's routine, sometimes it, it's I'm not saying that it's you're automatically going to get injured. Don't hear me say that I, I, again. I don't wish injury upon anybody, but 
you start to see like I'm not saying everyone's going to get injured, but you're going to continue to see a spike in injuries, seeing as though that routine. So, like I said, the reason why I, for people that's asking, should the league be playing? Should NFL be playing? I say yes, seeing as though the biggest fear was the virus. And this is the second week that there was zero positive tests in the league. Um, however, I do see this, this does or this should show people how important a preseason really is, seeing as though seeing as though you're seeing a spike in injuries and especially a spike in injury. Now every player, you know, matters, but a spike in injury to big players. Like now let's 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 move on. Let's go into the takeaways for the takeaways from week two of the NFL. And let's start with the Giants, right? Or let's start with New York football. New York football is trash. <laughs> that's 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 just you know the Jets lost thirty one three to the uh, San Francisco Forty ers And the only reason why they really, I mean, thirty one thirteen to the Jets or the Forty ers But the only reason why they scored uh, thirteen is because Jimmy G got injured and Nick Bosa got injured and Solomon got injured and Raheem Morset got or. Raheem Morehead, Morehead, I if I said your name wrong, I apologize. He got injured. The 49ers got hit with injuries more than anybody this uh this week or last or this week. Like they they just got decimated. Now again, luckily, I think Raheem Morehead's coming back. I know that they said Jimmy G is day to day. Unfortunately, Nick Bosa's out for the season. I hope he gets well soon. Uh I think we're still waiting on Solomon if we if we, you know, if we haven't heard anything. But the Jets are terrible, man. And the funny thing is, I heard, you know, I think the GM came out and said Adam Gates is an offensive genius. It's crazy. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't see the geniusness because what lat and it's not just offense, but the man's giving up fifty-five yard runs, or he's giving fifty-five yard runs on a third and thirty-one. Like he's giving the first play of the game, I believe, was a was an 80 yard run like it's and then offensively they look lost like Sam Darnold doesn't look good and that's that one because he I guess he hasn't improved or it doesn't look like he's improved but at all he doesn't really have he doesn't have any weapons like who who are you throwing to so and, and why the reason why I started with the with the New York team is because now you look at the Giants right the Giants lost to Chicago 13-17. And Chicago did everything in their power to try to lose this game. Mitch Trubisky at the end of the game looked shaky. The running game looked shaky. They were, the play calling was kind of odd. And their defense just started collapsing and folding. Uh, they just the, – the, the Giants just didn't have enough. But the Giants is Saquon Barkley. Uh, Daniel Jones hasn't hasn't looked good the first two weeks. None of the receivers look good. Uh, the the Ingram, the 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 tight end hasn't. No one's looked good out. In, in fact, Saquon Barkley hasn't even looked good. But the only reason Saquon Barkley has not looked good is because that offensive line is horrible. That offensive line has not protected anyone. So, and that's kind of also why Daniel Jones hasn't looked well because that offensive line is horrible. And this is why injuries are so big in the league. Saquon Barkley is the New York Giants offense. Now, 
with them being now, I don't think that the Giants had a shot even with Saquon Barkley. I don't think they had a shot to make the playoffs or make a run. But Saquon Barkley was their is their best player above and beyond. And it's like with him gone, now they, they have to really depend on Daniel Jones. And I don't think at least we haven't seen for the past two weeks. Daniel Jones is capable of doing that right now in his career. I think this is year two. And that's why at least Saquon Barkley's injury is probably the biggest, not only the biggest to the Jet, the Giants, but the biggest, one of the biggest to the league because he's a star player. We all know who Saquon Barkley is. We all know about the, the thigh commercials, and we all know how electrifying he is. He's one of the stars of the league, and with him being gone for the season, it's just going to be tough not only for the league and and promoting his star or trying to promote his stars, but it's also going to be tough for the the, the, the Giants now, to me, are clear-cut worst in the NFC East, seeing as though I thought they were the worst before, but now with no Saquon Barkley for the season, to me, that's that's just solidified they're definitely the worst. And we're gonna have to. We're gonna see how how it goes. But yeah, both New York teams are trash, man. I think it's only a matter of time before Adam Gates gets fired from the Jets. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I don't. I don't see improvement in this team from last year. In fact, I see regression in this team from last year. And the worst part is the play. You give up a lot of good players. Like you gave up Jamal Adams for nothing and now you see how flourish how how much he's it's not even how much he's flourishing we all knew jamal adams is one of the best players in the league one of the best safeties and we all knew why just not pay that player you have money why are you not paying him we all knew that wasn't a, a smart decision but that's that's what the, that's what the jets have done so the Jet New York as a whole is just a bad sports place right now. Hell, you the Yankees the Yankees have improved. I think they've won like ten or eleven straight. Because I remember at one point the Yankees were horrible this year at least. I think they've been, but the Jet the Giant I mean the Knicks they're bad. Brooklyn's good. Brooklyn's good. You know we got KD and them coming back, but the Islanders aren't good. Like it's it's just a lot. So that's why we started off with that. Let's let's start off with the biggest. The the, the 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 game most talked about, which is the Falcons and the Cowboys. Oh. The Falcons had a 20-point lead, or the Falcons were up tw- as much as 20-0. to zero. Uh, I know that, and, and the Cowboys came back and won. And it's not just how, it's not just that they won. I mean, people blow leads all the time, uh, but it's how they won. You know, the score was, I believe, 39-37. Atlanta was up. And the Cowboys attempted a onside kick. Now, if you know anything about the NFL, if you know anything about football, it is incredibly difficult to complete an onside kick. Seeing as though you have what, what you call the hands team. That's the team, usually the front row of the receiving team are usually wide receivers and tight ends. And what you have to do is the ball, for people that don't know, the ball, the kicker has to kick the ball, right? And it has to go at least 10 yards for the kicking team to attempt to touch the ball. The tough part about that is the the receiving team can touch the ball whenever. 
Like they can, you can kick it and I can run up and just grab the ball if I wanted to. Why am I saying this? We saw what happened. The Greg's are, or the kicking, the kicker for the Cowboys kicked the ball. And not only did the Falcons, not only did one Falcons guy just let it walk or watch it roll in front of him, five Falcons players watched this ball roll in the middle of them until it got to 10 yards. And why is that so, so shocking to me? Because the offensive team can touch the ball whenever they want. As far as the receiving team, if you're kicking, say it goes one yard, the receiving team can kick it. Say it goes eight yards, the receiving team can touch it. The only time the kicking team can touch the ball if it goes past 10 yards. What did the Falcons do? The Falcons waited for it to go 10 yards to then react. And how did they react? They let the Cowboys get the ball, which then they were already in field goal range, which then you got a couple quick passes. CeeDee Lamb had a good, had a big uh, play. They hit the field goal. They, uh, the Cowboys win 40 to 39. Now, I'm not here. I'm not here to call for anybody's job. I think everyone deserves a job. It's not, I'm not, I think everyone should eat. I'm not, I'm not usually the one to call for somebody's job. But this is the second time in a Dan Quinn regime that you have lost a huge lead. And we all know the first time was the Super Bowl against the Patriots. You're up 28-3, and you lose. You're up 20. I believe it got as as high as, I mean, it was 20-0, but I believe at one point it was like 32-17. to And you lose that game because you can't kick or you don't know the rules and the procedures for an onside kick. <sighs> I'm not one to call for somebody's job. But one thing I will say is it's starting to get unacceptable, you know. I was I'm I'm usually one to say it's not really coaches to players because the coaches don't go out there, but it's starting to get on it's starting to get it's starting to get sad. Be seeing as though we know how much talent the Falcons have on their team. You know, we know Todd Gurley's on the team, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley. We know the talent on this team, Hayden Hurst. And with the talent that they have, they're still doing stuff like this. I don't know if it's because they just aren't prepared, but if it's, if they're not prepared, that is all on the coach. I don't know if they're just not listening to the coach. I don't know what's going on, but again, I'm not usually one to call for somebody's job, but I don't foresee Dan Quinn finishing this season out. And, and honestly, I don't see Dan Quinn finishing this week out with this team, seeing as though how they lost and how embarrassing that loss was. I don't, I just don't see it, but Hey, it is what it is. But again, the Cowboys can and and one thing about the Cowboys, and this is Dan, uh Colin Cowher said it best. Sometimes you have to ignore 
the end result and look at the process. Sometimes you have to ignore the end result and look at exactly how you got to that end result. For Again, the only positive I have about them Cowboys this game is that they won. There should be no reason why you're down 20 at home. No, at home, by the way. There should be no re- with fans. There should be no reason why you're down 20 to zero with the weapons that you have, with the defense that you have. There should be no reason why you're down 20. There should be no reason why you allow 39 points to the Falcons. And this is a Falcons team, by the way, that has a lot of talent, but Julio Jones was playing horrible. The only, I guess, reliable person was Calvin Ridley. Um, You pretty much contained Todd Gurley. Like, nothing was going right, or nothing should have gone right for the Atlanta Falcons, but they were continuously scoring until the end. When you look at what's going on, or when you look at that game, you have to think, wait a second, (laughs) I know we won, but we really struggled at home with fans to the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, by the way, who has underachieved since the Super Bowl that they were in. So, again, the only positive to me about this game when we look at the Cowboys' point of view is they won the game. That's that's about it. And they, I guess they didn't give up. But... Your offensive line looked bad. Uh, I think you started the game with, the. I think the first eight minutes you had four fumbles and you lost three of them. Uh, Dak Prescott looks shaky. Uh, the only, I guess the only good player in the first half outside of, excuse me, outside of the fumbles was Zeke. So, and that's the thing. I don't know if the Cowboys really know what they want to do. Like, I don't think they know their team identity. Like if we look at mm, look at the look at the look at the Ravens. Run, 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 run. Lamar Jackson's gonna make an incredible play. Run, 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 run. They will run it down your throat and they do it incredibly well. Look at the look at the Chiefs. Pass, pass, pass. Quick pass, quick pass, quick pass. Like they are a passing team. They know that they're going to win behind. Patrick Mahomes behind Tyreek Hill behind Travis Kelsey and they'll run a little bit with uh Clyde Edwards. Look at the 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 Saints. Pass, 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 pass. Like they know what they want to do. I don't think the Cowboys know exactly what they want to do yet because you have Zeke who's one of the best backs in the league. Then you also have weapons like CeeDee Lamb. You have uh Michael Gallup. You have Cooper like I don't think they know if they're going to be a pass first team or a run first team and because of that I think that kind of gets in their way but you have to figure that out and the thing is I think this is what they struggled with last year with Mike I mean with uh with their old coach like I think that they they there were games where they were pass happy. Then there are games where they'll try to feed Zeke. There were games where Zeke will have 30, 40 carries. And then there were games where Dak Prescott would throw the ball 40, 50 times. Like, 
while you can do that on Madden, you can't really do that in in the league in the in the real life because you you need to know your roles need to be set. Your team needs to know. All right, this is what we're gonna do as a team. This is what our uh, point of attack is gonna be every game. And if that's not the case, you get games where you're supposed to be winning, but you're getting blown out by an Atlanta Falcons. So again, shouts out to the Cowboys for winning, but. Yeah, sometimes you have to really look at the process outside of the in outcome at times. And for Atlanta, I don't, I don't. It's and it's not, it's not. It wasn't just Dan Quinn, but Dan Quinn. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, someone needs to go. <laughs> so the other game, another game that was really good. Let's let's move on. Was the Patriots and the Seahawks. And when I was watching that game, all I can think of was the Chargers. All I can think of was the Bears. All I can think of was the Colts. All I can think of were the Patriots. And why did I say this? Because of how great Cam Newton looked. Cam Newton looked better than he's ever looked before, in my opinion. You know, he looked accurate. There were a couple plays where he wasn't as accurate but he looked he looked more accurate i think he completed like 79 or 71 percent of his passes uh he looked poised he now yeah they lost the game uh because of the last second uh he they, they were at the one yard line and he tried to run it in if he would have bounced out if he would have bounced out he would have he would have got he would have won but he, he kept going and then he you know lost but cam newton looked incredible and why did i say those teams i said those teams because those teams were the teams that we heard all offseason say they needed a quarterback and they could they they could use a quarterback like Cam Newton. Those were the teams that I heard, you know, Cam Newton can go there, Cam Newton should go there, Cam Newton can do this. You know, I heard Cam Newton will make the Colts incredible. Cam Newton with all those weapons that the uh, that the Chargers have would be great. Cam Newton, I the the Panthers let him or cut him. The we see you know, they were like, it's either Mr. Bisky or Nick Foles, but why can it not be Cam Newton? Like, these are the teams that passed up on Cam. And now we're seeing with the Patriots, he looked. Now, I, I will say this. I will say this. I do understand that system matters, you know. Like, like if you a, – a, a, a perfect player to talk about when we talk about system is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was, was horrible when he was with – the Miami Dolphins, but you you go to the Tennessee Titans, you you know the system is really good, and you you know the you, the system fits you, and now you're flourishing, right? Same thing as Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore played for the Bills. System wasn't right for him. He goes to the Patriots. He's a defensive player of the year. Like the system matters, and I think that the system that the Patriots have with cam newton is 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 a match made in heaven now a lot of people including cam newton because he even said it were were concerned or or questioning how cam newton's personality was going to fit with a bill belichick's personality and with a bill belichick's system but as we've seen it has looked incredible you know it now again i know i'm 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 shining all this praise on cam newton and the patriots even though they lost but a lot of people are saying this is the best we've ever seen Cam Newton look. 
And, and Cam Newton won an MVP, by the way, in 2015. So Cam Newton looked incredible. And, and, the, and the best part about it, and I say the best part, and the part that makes my heart just flutter, <laughs> is the fact that Cam Newton is proving people wrong. Now, yeah, I know it's week two. And things can go awry, which I don't foresee it, but things can go awry. But Cam Newton, there's a lot of people saying, was Cam Newton healthy? Cam Newton's a, a can be a cancer in the locker room. Cam Newton can be a distraction. Cam Newton can this do this. Cam Newton can't do that. Cam Newton just, but I guess people are just, I know the last time we saw Cam, he didn't put on his best performance when he was with Carolina. However, we all know he was injured. So... I'm just I just I just love seeing Cam Newton flourish, man. It's 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 a good look. I love it. And on the other side of the ball, I've been telling hell, my preseason prediction was Russell Wilson was going to win his first MVP and it's starting to I think at this moment he has 9 touchdowns to 11 incompletions the entire for the first 2 weeks. Like it <laughs> Russell Wilson looks incredible, man. And and think about Russell Wilson is I think if you look at the pieces around him, if you if you put any if you if you put any quarterback, I'm not gonna say any, but say you put a Teddy Bridgewater where Russell Wilson is, say you put a Ryan Tannehill, say you put a uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick where where Pat, where Russell Wilson is, those pieces around him will start to show who they really are. Don't get me wrong, Tyler Lockett is a really good player dk Metcalf is really good uh chris carson's really good but i think playing with russell wilson elevates them to a level that now that they you can start thinking you know dk Metcalf, they were going right at stefan gilmore and dk Metcalf was was you know had an incredible touchdown on him and was catching paws and Tyler Lockett was was doing what Tyler Lockett does, and Carson was finding the gaps. Like I think playing with a great player like Russell Wilson is empowering not just that offense, but the team in general. Hell, I don't know if you remember, but I think the offensive line is ranked like 28th or 29th in all the NFL, but it doesn't matter because Russell Wilson is is has been incredible this entire time. So there's not really much to say about the about Russell Wilson because I've been said, you know, it's time to put respect on his name. Um cuz you know, that's just how he he's looked good. He I think they won what 28 to or 38 to 35, I believe. Oh no, 38 to yeah, 38 30. No. 38 they won. <laughs> they won by 4. So, that's that. <laughs> Let's move on to a game that kind of frustrated me in a different way and that is the Houston Texans and the Ravens the Ravens won like 31 something um or 30 30 15 I don't know they won but this is why they, it frustrated me what is the purpose of football right what's the purpose of a team what's the purpose of playing NFL football the the purpose the, the what you're trying to get to is you're trying to get to a Super Bowl and how do you do that you want the you want good players on your team that can fit that can gel together and that can elevate an organization right 
What you don't want to do is sabotage said organization, sabotage said player with moves that are not beneficial for the team, right? And this is why watching this game got me so frustrated. Deshaun Watson had DeAndre Hopkins. And we're seeing how good DeAndre Hopkins looks with the Cardinals. And it's not just because of the Cardinals. It's because DeAndre Hopkins is one of, if not the best, wide receiver in the game. You had that on your team. And honestly, you could have paid him on the team. Yet, because him and Bill or Bill O'Brien, I guess they didn't see eye to eye, you wanted you got you sent him out the door for nothing. For David Johnson, who was good week one, but wasn't good week two. But of course, it's gonna be hard being good week two against the Ravens defense. But again, it, it this game frustrated me more than I think any other game. And I'm a Washington fan, but it frustrated me because I saw early that Deshaun Watson had absolutely no chance of winning this game. And that's because the pieces around him were not adequate enough to win a game against a team as good as Baltimore. Like, Kenny Stills wasn't playing well. Will Fuller wasn't playing good. David Johnson was getting shut down. Deshaun Watson had to run for his life like he usually does. Even though Laramie Tunsil, I believe, is the highest paid offensive player in league history, he, it didn't really matter at that point. It's just, it's frustrating that how as great as Deshaun Watson is, I know week in and week out against really, really good teams. Like, I saw this on Thursday Night Football when they they start the season against the Chiefs, and now I'm seeing this with the Ravens. Deshaun Watson, as great as he is, he really does not have a shot to win these games. And you're probably thinking, Jay, it's just the Chiefs. It's the, I mean, they're they're the Super Bowl defending champs. It's the Ravens. You picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year. I get that. But... Hell, we saw the Chiefs this week against the Chargers. And the Chargers forced them to overtime and they won. And the Chiefs ultimately won 23 to 20. You're telling me that the Chargers can do that. But the Ray but the but Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans can't. And don't let it fool you. Deshaun Watson is better than any quarterback on the Chargers. Whether that's Tyrod Taylor, which I hope he gets well soon. He had chest problems. Whether that's Justin Herbert. Deshaun Watson is better. But time and time again, as I look, he does not have a shot because the pieces that you put around him aren't fitting with him. And the pieces that were around him was better for him, but you sent them out the door. Meaning, you're not giving your team, you're not giving your quarterback the best option or the best avenue to win. I'm not saying that the the Houston Texans are gonna go undefeated or gonna go aren't gonna win a game. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson isn't good. I'm not saying that there aren't good pieces on Houston, but Houston had better pieces and gave them up. 
So that's that's why that game irritated me. Lamar Jackson looked great. The Ravens looked great. Mark Ingram looked great. Uh, it's the Ravens, man. It's <laughs> like I am excited to see next week or this week how they do against you know it's going to be the Ravens against the Chiefs. This is a big game, and it's going to be at Baltimore. But I am uh, Deshaun Watson, man. Deshaun Watson. It's it's a tough one, bro. Um, you know we did just we did just talk about the. We did just talk about the Chiefs. Like I said, it they I don't know they just they struggled th- this game. Now again, I understand it's not everyone. Yeah, you're a Super Bowl champion and you're expected to blow out everyone, but you're not going to blow out everyone. This is still the NFL. These are still the best of the best players. The Chiefs, I mean the Chargers, still have really good players, and I think that the you know starting Justin Herbert. Instead of Tyrod Taylor, Duke, because he had chest pains in preseason or pregame, I think that really threw off the Chiefs because I think they game planned for Tyrod Taylor, and with Tyrod Taylor not being there, it's just like whoa, it kind of threw him off. But that, that's no excuse. Justin Herbert played played really good. He he played he played great, and I, <laughs> it just it just wasn't enough at the end. It, you know, it, it took a it took a miraculous throw by Patrick Mahomes to Tyree Kill for a touchdown to really get them back or you know to really solidify um overtime but it was a, it was a really good game and and I take what the one thing I take out of that is Justin Herbert is going to be really good. Yeah, I, the first two or three passes he was just sailing like he was throwing the ball above the the receiver's head or at the ground like he was looking shaky. The first three, two or three passes, but after that he looked poised. He looked like, uh, you know, okay, I'm in it now. I did uh, this how it is. Let's let's get it. And he he looked he looked really good. So he looked like he could he can remain the starting quarterback. Now Anthony Lynn did come out and say that if when Tyrod is healthy, whether that's this week or whenever, he'll be the starting quarterback. I don't know if I would have done that, but. Hell, Justin Herbert looked good. So shouts out to him. That's an Oregon product. And um, yeah, shouts out to them. And yeah. And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are still great. We all know that. They just uh Yeah. I'm not gonna talk too much about my Kyler Murray destroying my Washington team. Um the, Washington's front defensive front is probably one of the best in the league. We know that. You know, you have Sweat, you have John Allen, you have Chase Young, you have Brian Kerrigan. Their defensive front is one of the best, if not the best, in the league. Yeah. I know it, it kind of probably rivals what we've seen from the Ravens and what we've seen from the Steelers, but as of right now, they're one of the best in the league. It's just... Everything else, you know, the secondary is horrible. Um, the offense outside of Terry Terry McLaurin hasn't shown up. The offensive line has been horrible. Deshane, oh, Deshane, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins has been shaky. He's looked really good, but then he's looked really bad. It's uh, it's 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 been tough, man. It's been tough. He's he, they've looked. They haven't. They haven't. 
out, again outside of McLaurin, and I think it's it stems because it stems by, and, and that's the thing. Like you're you're also thinking, but Jay, you're a one in one. Yeah, that's true. But the first game we beat the Eagles, and while I thought that would be a really good win, I, then I saw what the Eagles did this week against the Rams, and it's just like, wait a second. And and even even with beating the Eagles, we were we were down seventeen to zero. So it was. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna need to happen. We need to shore up the secondary, which I feel like the secondary has been bad for years. Uh, we need to shore up the offensive line. Dwayne Hacking needs to be a little more consistent. We need better receivers. Uh, we need better tight ends. It's just, it's a lot. But shouts out to Kyler Murray. He did look incredible. He looked good. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins looked good. Larry Fitzgerald looked good. They all looked good. So, shouts out to the Cardinals. I'm not going to stay on that too much. Uh, the the Buccaneers beat the Panthers. Not really too surprised on that. And we did just talk about it. It kind of warms my heart to see the Panthers struggle. And don't get me wrong. I like Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm not I'm not wishing – I'm not wishing any – anything – I want success for Teddy Bridgewater. One, he's a black quarterback. Two, we know the road that it took for him to not only get to the league but – you know, he dealt with multiple injuries, freak injuries. And, you know, we know I'm just glad that he's back. But and I'm glad and I, I, I root for success. But I don't I don't like and, and I don't think a lot of people like how the Panthers did Cam Newton at the end. And now you're starting to see, you know, the Panthers are struggling and. You see how good Cam Newton's looking. It's just like, well, if you had Cam, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, shouts out to shouts out to uh, Tom Brady and the Panthers. They looked – I mean, Tom Brady and the, and the Buccaneers, they looked pretty good. You know, you had Mike, Mike, Mike Evans get a couple touchdowns. You had Leonard Fournette look good or a couple. I think he had one. Yeah, Leonard Fournette looked good. They just look good. Tom Brady still has some of those passes that, like, he, he threw at the feet or he, it was out of reach. But, you know, they're, they're still learning each other. They're still trying to get good with each other. So, shouts out to them. Um, Another team that the injuries hit pretty hard were the were the Broncos. Drew Locke is out for a couple weeks. Court and Sutton, uh, Sutton, he's out for the regular season because I think he tore something in his knee. And that is a, you know, Jeff Driscoll came in and the Steelers did win. I think they won by three, but it was, it was, you know, it, it again, injuries ha- have decimated a lot of teams. And I'm not saying that the, I'm glad that Drew Locke, you know, is, is, is not out for the season. It's unfortunate that sudden is, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks, but the Steelers did come out with the win, so shouts out to the Steelers. What is going on? You know, let me t- I'm going to tell you what's going on with Carson Wentz. It goes back to routine, right? Carson Wentz, to me, is one of those players that he's really good to me when his when he's on his routine. Now, of course, I don't know Carson Wentz personally so I can't just be like oh yeah Carson Wentz no I don't know but Carson Wentz seems like the person that needs routine more than anyone Carson Wentz has looked 
he looked lost out there. And, and, and granted, this is the same Carson Wentz who was a MVP front runner before he got injured. I think two two years ago, before he got injured, he was an MVP front runner. He holds the ball too long. He's he's been getting sacked at an incredible rate. And and a lot of those sacks, yeah, the def- I mean, the offensive line is 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 not doing good. But that's also because he holds the ball for too long. He's had some tough, tough. I think this is the second game where he had two interceptions. Like it's it, Carson Wentz to me is trying too hard. He's he's trying to he's trying to make passes that he doesn't need to make. He's holding the ball too long. His reads aren't like his reads are off. It's just Carson. I don't know what Carson Wentz needs to do, but Carson Wentz has looked horrible. And because of that, you have. Than Eagles, who a lot of people, including myself, thought were going to be number one in the NFC East, you have them now at zero and two, and it's not a good zero and two. They they look horrible, and it's and it and it falls directly on the feet of Carson Wentz. You still you have really good pieces around you. It's just you need to play better. That's that's one time you know they say oh you can't really blame the quarterback. Look at the people around him. No, you can blame the quarterback on this one. Carson Wentz has not looked good at all. And I don't know what what needs to change, but yeah, no. You know who else didn't look good though? <laughs> Kirk Cousins and the Vikings did not look good at all. They looked horrible, man. It God, they look bad. And this is this is this is the Kirk Cousins we talking about. This is why Washington. Now I'm not saying Washington was right, but this is why Washington was skeptical about paying him. Because you have games, and this was against the, this was against the Colts. You have, and the Colts, by the way, are affected by injuries as well. But you play the Colts, and you have some games. Kirk Cousins looked like he can be one of the, he's he's one one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But then there are games like we've had on Sunday that he looks horrible. He looks, he's throwing the ball all over the place. He's throwing the ball in the dirt. He's getting interceptions. And it's just, it looks bad. And the thing is, you still have Adam Thielen. You still have Delvin Cook. You still have good pieces. It's just, you look bad. And like Carson Wentz, they... One of the biggest reasons why they lost, as in the Vikings lost, was because of the play of Kirk Cousins. Now, again, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm not saying he's trash, but Kirk Cousins uh, needs to play better. And the Rams, the the, the <laughs> with the talent that the that the Philadelphia Eagles have, there should be no reason why they lose. 37 to 19 to the Rams. And honestly, if you were to ask me, the Philadelphia Eagles have the better quarterback, have the better weapons. And you lose by damn near 20. That's crazy. Uh, I guess we can talk about the game since it happened on Thursday. Talk about the Browns and the Bengals game. Um, my takeaway from that game is Joe Burrow's ready. I and I I'm starting to I'm starting to realize maybe my preseason prediction that I said that all the offensive rookies would struggle, seeing as though with no preseason, minicamp has changed. 
I'm not. It's not looking too good for that pick because Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow looks like he's he one. He's better than Baker Mayfield, and two, he looks like he's a he. He's playing like he's a veteran. Yeah, after like a horrible interception or no fumble, he look. He just kept going. He looks great, and they won. They lost. You know the the Browns won thirty five to thirty, I believe, but. He 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 looked poised. He he made incredible throws. He had incredible zip on the ball, and he looked poised. And that's that's the thing that a lot of veterans say needs to take some time is being poised in the pocket. And he 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 looked good. Hell, like I said, Justin Herbert looked good. It's it was it was really good to see uh, Joe Burrow play like that. And you know, shouts out to him. And Right now, again, I know there's two games, but he's looking like a clear number one for Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, uh, shouts out to them. And we can talk about the game last night. The Saints. Here's the thing about the Saints, man. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this this affects my Super Bowl pick at all. But... The Saints have those games, man, that they just they 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 lose. Like usually it's against like the Bucks or something the first week or two, but now it was the Raiders. And the Raiders looked really well, man. The Raiders looked like a high powered offense yesterday. And now I don't know it was because of how bad the Ravens defense were playing. But, you know, when you you have Darren Waller looking like Tony Gonzalez, how good he looked. And and Josh Jacobs was looking incredible as well. Like they were slicing and they were slicing up the Saints defense. The Saints have a really good defense. So I don't know if it was just one game. I think that you really did see how much Drew Brees and the Saints offense are gonna miss Michael Thomas, seeing as though Michael Thomas wasn't there and they struggled. Yeah, Alvin Kamara had a had a decent game, but Drew Brees, his he. He played well, but he didn't play well. Like he he didn't play the usual Drew that we're used to, um, and I think that is because of Michael Thomas not being there. So, yeah, it it's yeah, it's it was again, it, it wasn't a bad performance, but it wasn't good enough to win clearly. And that defense again, I don't know. I, I think it it might just be it might just be one week because Marcus Marcus Lattimore, who is one of the best defensive players in the league, he looked bad. Malcolm Jenkins looked bad. Demario Davis looked good, but he was off at sometimes. And again, Darren Waller was destroying this team. Like it it wasn't even funny how bad he was beating these teams or beating this team. So yeah, well I think shouts out to the Las Vegas Raiders. And that stadium looks really well. Yesterday was the uh, grand opening of the stadium, and it looked incredible. Like I think they call it the Death Star. Like it looked, it looked really good. So, yeah. And we don't need to talk much about uh, Green Bay and Detroit. I mean, Detroit. Detroit was up. <laughs> Detroit was up. I think fourteen zero, and then all of a sudden you look up and they down. 40 to, <laughs> they down 40 to 20 that's just Aaron, Aaron Jones was the guy this game Aaron Rodgers didn't really do much Devontae Adams did go out I don't think they said that's season ending but I think he said they're going to be out a couple weeks um who's another person that 
uh, got hit by injury, and that's another huge, uh, huge player for their team to be out. So, but yeah, it's it's Detroit being Detroit, and it's um, it's Green Bay being Green Bay. So, uh, is there anything else I want to talk about for NFL? I don't think so. Let's let's mm, yeah, we don't need to talk about much else. Let's let's move over to NBA. Um. The Lakers are up 2-0 uh, behind an incredible AD game winner, and they pretty much destroyed the Denver Nuggets in the first game. I think tonight, game three of – no, game four of the Eastern Conference Finals and game three of the Western Conference Finals is tonight. It's just I don't – I don't see – I don't see – um. I don't see Denver winning. I I don't see a path in which Denver wins. It's just, and, and the thing is, it's it's not them, man. And, and I know I've said I don't see them winning against the Clippers, and we're not going to talk about the Clippers. It, it's pretty much old news, but we're not going to talk about the Clippers and how they gave up a 3-1 or how they blew a 3-1 lead after being favorites to win it all, but. With the talent that Denver has, I just don't think they have enough to stop a LeBron James, to stop a Anthony Davis. It just, it just, I just don't see it, man. And we've, they had a, they had a, a good shot game or game two, even though they weren't even playing well. It was just Nurkic, or yeah, Nurk, Jokic was, was, was willing them back. Hell, I think he scored 11 straight before the AD game winner. So, I just don't see, from what I've seen with my two eyes, I don't see a turnaround. I don't see, I, I, I got, maybe Denver wins a game, maybe a game, but I don't, I don't see it. You know, the other side, the Celtics, uh, right now the Celtics are still down the series 2-1. I think whoever wins this game, which is game four, I think whoever wins this game wins the series. I think if the Celtics win, and they did get Gordon Hayward back last game, and I think that helped a lot, but if the Celtics win tonight and win game four, I think they'll have all the momentum, and I think that it's just a matter of time. I, I believe it'll still go seven games, but I have the Celtics winning that if they win tonight. If the Heat win tonight, they'll be up 3-1. I don't see the Celtics being able to come back from 3-1, and I think it'll be over in maybe f- five or six. So I think whoever wins tonight uh, is 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 the winner of the series. Uh, Jimmy Butler's played well this series. Bam Adebayo has played like one of the best players in the series. Jay Crowder is hitting shots. Now, on the other side, Jason Tatum has played good. Jalen Brown has probably been their best player this series, and he's he's been incredible. Marcus Smart, I still don't know why he has the green light to shoot all them shots, but he's hitting some of them. So, And they just get Gordon Hayward back. Kimball Walker has played the first first two games he didn't play good, but last game he played he played decent, and yeah. So right now I believe I think that how everyone's playing is pretty evenly matched. Tyler Euro's playing good, Duncan Robinson's playing. Everyone's playing how they're supposed to, except probably Kimba. Kimba can play a little better, but again, whoever wins tonight wins the series, in my opinion, and that's my opinion. Um, shouts out to Giannis Antetokounmpo for. Winning back-to-back MVPs, first player to do that since Steph Curry. I think the twelfth player to ever win back-to-back MVPs. Uh, 
uh, I, this is also he's also the third player to ever win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. That is all he joins the list with Michael Jordan and Kareem. I uh, know and uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. And for a lot of people that's saying that Giannis didn't deserve it, I understand recency biased. I understand it. I get it. Okay. I understand that what we just saw him lose in the playoffs against the South, against the Heat. I uh, know he didn't look well. He didn't look good. The team didn't look good. I understand that. I also understand what LeBron James is doing in these playoffs and in the bubble. I get it. But this award was awarded before the bubble. And before the bubble, you cannot tell. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that LeBron James didn't deserve more first first place votes than, what, 16. I think he deserved more than 16. But I don't think LeBron James deserved to win the MVP, seeing as though how good Giannis was. Giannis was incredible before the bubble ended or before the bubble even started, like before the season ended. He was, he was incredible. And, you know, he had, he had, he had some of the, some numbers we never, like he, let's, let's just talk about defense, right? I think that whoever he was guarding missed 50% of the shots that he, that is, that is incredible as a defensive player. Not, not to mention he was, I think, scoring 20 24 25 a game like Giannis was incredible and Giannis most definitely seeing the criteria that they have which which I am not against changing the criteria because I do think that if you want to award an MVP you might want to look at the totality of the season plus what you see in the playoffs and you can still award a finals MVP but I do think that when you're looking at the MVP, it's been a regular season award this the since its birth and and that's cool. But I do think that you might want to tweak it a little bit and put in, take into consideration what we see in the playoffs. However, from how it is structured now, Giannis most definitely, in my opinion, deserved the MVP. Now, I do think LeBron James deserved more first place votes than 16, but I do think, and shouts out to Giannis for winning his second MVP. Um, is there anything else? Uh, yeah, the Big Ten decided to play after uh, <laughs> saying they weren't. So, you know. So now the Big Ten's playing, the Big 12's playing. I think they're still waiting on word for what the Pac-12 is going to do. But I don't see the Pac-12... Uh, sitting out, seeing as though I don't think they'll be able to bounce back financially, recruiting wise. I don't think they'll be they'll ever be able to bounce back if all these teams are playing or all these conferences are playing, and they're the only Big Five conference that isn't. Uh, the ACC is playing, SEC is playing, and I think that again, if you can keep if you can keep the players healthy. Go for it. You know what I mean? But as we've seen in these colleges, these colleges are seeing coronavirus spikes out the out the ass, man. It's it's crazy. And and that's because you can't expect a college player or not a college player. You can't expect a college student to abide by rules. Hell, I don't know how many times since college has started to back up in these big schools. 
how many times I've seen big party videos. And after that, you hear 50, 60, 70 people from this party tested positive for Corona. Like, it, it, it's, yeah. I, and the last thing you want to do, and we've even seen this from a player, is you do not want a player to pass away. Now, unfortunately, there has been a player. I forgot his name. I apologize for that. But he he passed away due to complications from Corona. That's the last thing you want to do. So if you can somehow find a way and promise, not promise, somehow find a way and ensure the safety of these players, then go right ahead. But, and I, and I kind of knew that the Big Ten was going to change their mind once you saw the Big 12 playing, once you saw, um, once you saw SEC playing, once you saw ACC playing, and when you have the Big Ten and you have teams like Ohio State, who a lot of people think can make it in the Final Four and a lot of people think can even win it all, I, I, I wouldn't. And, and, of course, we know Michigan and how hard the hardball has been, been pushing to play. I, I kind of foresee this happening. So, um, yeah, the Big Ten has decided to play, and I think we're waiting on um, – waiting on – Word from the Pac-12, but I don't foresee the Pac-12 not playing, seeing as though I don't see how they come back both financially or recruiting-wise if they don't play and everyone else around them plays. So, uh, Last thing before we go, shouts out to Deion Sanders for becoming the coach from Jack, the coach of Jackson State University. That is HBCU. You know, we've been talking about the HBCU movement for a minute now. And how some of these big names are starting to gravitate towards, uh, it's not just big names in coaching, but big names and, and athletes are starting to gravitate towards HBCUs. Uh, you have uh, McCurr, and he's at Howard. And now you have Deion Sanders, who is the coach of Jackson State. Now, I think that this is huge because we all know the type of person Deion Sanders is. Deion Sanders ain't lost nothing in his life. That's what he always says. And... I think he's going to help not only rec with recruiting, but he's going to help bring a, a positive culture and an upbeat culture and a winning culture to Jackson State. And he's going to he's it's, it's just another example of HBCUs being put on the map. And this and the good thing is this isn't a huge HBCU. Yeah, Jackson State is, is good, is big, but this isn't the Howards. This isn't the Hamptons. This isn't the. Fam use and don't get me wrong, those are great, great schools. But I do like that other schools, you know, like I love the HBCU run that CP3 did with his clothing. Um, I think, you know, I think that, and I, I believe they said that Jackson State hasn't had a winning season since like 2014 or something. And I think that that's definitely going to change with the hiring of Deion Sanders and I think Deion said Deion Sanders has said for as long as he wants to be a coach and I think that coaching for HBCU was right up his alley so again shouts out to Deion Sanders shouts out to Jackson State and watch you'll see the recruiting go up for the, from the, or with them seeing as though how good of a person and how influential Deion Sanders can be so but there you have it, guys. I appreciate y'all. I love you guys. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the people that, you know, continuously engage. Uh, as you guys are seeing, I'm breaking up clips now and putting them on YouTube and different socials so you can see different clips. But this, the, the entire episode is still going to be on all DSPs and YouTube. Um, 
again, I hope you guys have a blessed week. Hope you guys have a blessed day. And if you want, cop your Unpopular Podcast shirt and hoodie. Just hit me up and I definitely got you. Uh, the shirts are... Fifteen dollars and the and the hoodies are twenty five. Um, whatever color you want, just hit me up and I got you. And until next time, much love. Yeah. So. Talented talent that's still beginners We worked to stand out, it panned out, we became them niggas Team of Avengers, ironic, showed up with vision Hard work and persistence, look reason, that definition I came for it, shit wasn't mine Mentally inking my name on it Put the pride to the side, niggas had vision and stayed on it Fuck if the fame on it, this love, nigga Made it out without having to be a thug, nigga Smelling nicotine, codeine, killers and drug dealers Came accustomed to it Mix that with direction, we created struggle music So when Murphy's Law kick and get grit and we hustle through it This real nigga to feel different Never told a pair of lies, crazy I don't feel niggas Back next to the wall, transforming our Bradley Bill niggas Shoot through it like Duke Nukem with Mills Pictures painted of forgotten times Sitting on some bars, let them starve, now they rotten lines I've been sick with it Script flipping more than promiscuous thick women So please don't compare me to niggas, this shit different Reason rather be mentioned with Pac and the big niggas Rest in peace Peace, nigga, no frontin', do it for the soul of it Niggas used to tell me I was aiming too high Shad Moss niggas only claiming they fly This is Bruce Wayne's spirit staring Bane in his eyes Carson up on the rise, nigga, this ain't a surprise, so yeah. I think you niggas have me fucked up for waiting so long in turn, we need it now when the patience is on. I feel like Scott Summers when the lasers is on. I see everything red and everything dead and everything scared. I sat and spoke to Dot and I listened to everything said. I mean everything. So much that when it's not said, I hear it. Like when the nigga laugh, I heard him mock a nigga spirit. Like you'll never get there. Well, now, look, I'm a top and I'm near it. In other words, I trick myself to stay famished, but be humble and take balance. Repetitive, I need challenge. I need you new niggas to please do something exciting, nigga. Them there praying that y'all say something to spite a nigga. Shit, cause I've been getting bored. Just chilling, throwing darts at the wall. Dreaming of the goats and how my name not involved. I'm having issues with that. What issues? I'm having issues cause I ain't finished. I'm having issues cause I'm still repenting. I'm having issues cause I'm still a nigga. I'm having issues cause Moose and Keem keep preaching. You can't move around solo no more, you getting bigger. Yeah, I've been getting bigger, so much bigger that my ego see my body in a struggle in the fit up in it. Top screaming patience, my nigga, but this industry keep playing with a nigga, I see y'all playing. See jokes about South Africa reason, now it seem real, see jokes about how I'm not really with top and I'm with Dreamville. Niggas pronounce my name wrong, tell me that I ain't did much, see y'all mistake my name for logic, y'all got me fucked up. How you compare a nigga that take from the culture, versus a nigga that's forward, the shit getting boring, my limits is soaring, the industry snoring. Leave my city, nah nigga, I'm here to restore it, I'm here to explore it, I'm nipped to the corn, I'm not finna forfeit, I'm not, I'm not gonna have my block looking for him. you see my name nigga, y'all 
I'm not gonna ignore it, you not gonna ignore it My pockets is hurting, I'm constantly working My mom in the hood, and she don't deserve it I do this for the soul of it Ain't scared of land and dirt, nigga, we rose from it The game's mine, it's not yours like nose running Swag dripping like water It's ironic how these hoes run into a nigga Send a game, this a scrimmage And I kill it time after time This shit feeling reminiscent line after line This shit feeling like petitions Still homies dying This shit feeling like a sickness Ain't like none of these other niggas, I'm different Say something about the Kevin, nigga, I'm tripping Reason the new soldier in front Try to leave his brand broken It ain't gonna end how you want, so 